Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, which also happens to be the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute, which is a one-year college Bible program that you can come and hang out with us for a year and all that. And let me tell you this. Um, I know many of you are familiar with Silver Birch Ranch and may or may not have been here for one of our summer camps or retreats, men's retreats, women's retreats. But we also have another location just down the road called the Wolf River Refuge. Mm-hmm. And the unique thing about the Wolf River Refuge is that it's a little bit more rustic Um, And we do that intentionally because sometimes, even at camp, there's a lot of bells and whistles um, that are good at times. But I think what we need and what we long for nowadays, more so than ever, is just time to get away and enjoy God away from distractions. Right. And that's a smaller setting down at the Wolfer Refuge where we try to be intentional to do that, whether it's with your family, whether it's with, you know, a, a small group or your youth group where you can come and be intentional just to enjoy relationship enjoy trying to learn new things. You know, it's right on the Wolf River, so we have people that go fishing sometimes. We have people that we could do hiking trips, um, canoeing, kayaking, and just get out there and learn something new, but enjoy the process of doing it with other people and challenging it with other people as well. So I encourage you to head over to, to wolfriverrefuge.org um, and feel free to check that out um, because we'd love to, to be able to, to allow that to be a gift for you because I think it's something that would be a huge benefit to a lot of us, especially with the busyness of everything going on. Because oftentimes, as I talk, whether it's young people and old people, and I don't mean that in a bad way, sorry, older people, of course, is that, you know, one of the, the chief complaints, if you want to call it a complaint, is oftentimes we're either too busy or we don't feel God. Um, right. And I think a lot of it is the way that we do life. I think we fill our life with so many other things that we make ourselves too busy. And so to take your the time away, whether it's here at Silver Birch, whether it's as a young student getting away to, to learn more about God for the year, or whether it's, you know, getting your family away from distractions for a weekend to be intentional to, to enjoy God together. we That's why we're here. We want to know Christ and to make him known. And that's why we have different avenues for you as listeners to be able to do that, because we want to help um, local families and local churches to, to be in love with God and share that with those around them. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's intriguing as as uh, we look at what God has done here through lives. Everything important in life is relational. Absolutely. So our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and both the Silver Birch Ranch campus, the Nicolay Bible Institute, the wild, the, the wolf, I was going to say wild wolf refuge. It's just called the Wolf River. <laughs> it's not so wild at the moment. Unless no, it's, uh, Wolf River stormy. Refuge. Um, and, uh, and, these, and we do podcasts and, and radio broadcasts and that kind of thing. Everything that we do is really designed to allow us to have a relationship with God that is intimate and with each other that matters, and that's really what we're about. Yep. And, and so hopefully different venues do that differently. Yep. Um, methods are never sacred. So if you think, well, this is the only way to do something, that's probably not true. <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there's other ways to do it, and, and really there are different personalities that respond to different things. And you need to look into ministries and find what do these ministries do. Yeah. Uh, Silver Birch Ranch, one of the key things for camping is we just really love the idea of significant other adult relationships. Adults come up as counselors, whatever, from your church, spend time with the kids. They develop you know, a significant relationship with them that points them to God. Absolutely. And some kids just are desperate for that because they're not getting it at home. Yeah. So look for a way to continue to plug in and change our culture. It's easy to get on the media and complain about what's going on, but look for a way to get in and make a difference yourself in however many lives you can touch. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I guarantee you it'll be memorable. It will be. 
and and that those are the things that last. I mean, in the last episode, if you missed that, I encourage you to head over to silvertranch.org and check out the podcast. But we talked about success in a way um, more than what our world defines it as, but in yep. a way that that has a lasting impact on on your relationship with God and even your relationship with others. And oftentimes, when you're successful, it, it doesn't necessarily relate to the things you possess. Oftentimes, it's relational based. Right. You know, um, like I think of my family, and I think of you know what. As a, as a dad and a husband, if, if my family can love God more and each other more, and, and, and that would be a lasting memory for them that would cause them to do it going forward, yep. that would be successful to me. It would be. And, and really, that's the whole key. I, so often I've asked Nicolay Bible Institute students, are, are you, you know, could you go to a place where you live among people that make nothing? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say, you went somewhere to minister in another country in a village, and they make like thirty-five dollars a month. Right? Could you do that and be okay? Mm-hmm. And they'll look at me because Americans have a certain mind frame of success. Yeah. I do encourage people go back and and listen to the podcast we had before this one, and um, and hear us talk about what success might be and is and and how to adjust that. I I, I have a list, and that's what I want to go through with Jason: a list of things that I would love to teach young people. Yeah. And not only young people, anyone, I'm a teacher, so everything um, is in the teaching realm for me. It's like, okay, well, if this is good, how do we teach it? How do we teach it? And that's what you struggle with everywhere, hopefully. Uh, The next thing I thought uh, on my list was, I would like to teach young people what a full work day is or what what it means to work an hour and get paid for an hour. Right. You know what I mean? In other words, is really, when you go to work and you're supposed to work eight hours, let's say, Mm-hmm. Does it mean that you just sit there for eight hours and put in the time? No. Or does it mean you're productive for eight hours? Mm. And what does that look like? Yeah. And if you're not productive for the full time, what do you do with it? Right. Or do you just do your tasks so that it drags out for the entire time? Right. Rather, you know, making it last longer, even though you know you could pop, potentially do it quicker. Right. You know, I think that's a, a, a great danger in our society because people think if they put in their time. But productivity is extremely important. Yeah. The reason the capitalist system works in the first place is because we've learned how to be productive. Right. If you take that away, you begin to destroy the productivity, which destroys capitalism because yeah. now you've got to figure out another way to get things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, the Bible tells us that you and I as believers— we're to work honestly, and if I'm getting paid for an hour, mm-hmm. I need to produce an hour's worth of work. Yeah. And the believers that work in businesses, they are the light in that business. Mm-hmm. And they should never be the one that the boss looks at and says, you know, you, you, I don't want any other believers here because you're always doing this. You're always, if, if I'm not allowed to talk about my Christianity with my words while I'm on job, then I should speak about it with my life and how I work. Mm-hmm. But I shouldn't go against what the boss says. Yeah. Because what I need to do is represent Christ by being obedient, being submissive, working hard, being somebody that, that the, the owner, whoever it is, can count on and rely on. Uh, when I talk to business guys uh, in what they're looking for, business ladies, business guys, but what they're looking for when they hire somebody a lot of times it's, you know, I, I want somebody that knows how to work. Yeah. And I always say, what does that mean? Well, there's people that put in time all the time. 
Mm-hmm. But then you got to hire three more people. Right. Because you can't get it done. And I think, okay, Christians should be those who actually work hard. And Absolutely. I know what that means. Uh, do you see that too? Do you see kids that struggle with, you know, let's say you give them a job and uh, you think, okay, this is an all morning job. Yeah. But actually when they, they got it, they were done in an hour. Mm-hmm. What do you see them doing? Either they didn't do it right or somehow it's like, well, let me see, you know, but usually it's, they cut corners and they didn't do right. Right. So then you go back and you say, Here's let's what learn what I was talking about. Right. In other words, I, this job should take you this long. Right. If it takes you longer, you didn't work hard enough. Right. If you do it quicker, there's you could be extremely gifted and, you know, um, uh, somebody like the Roadrunner or something that just can really move fast, you know, mm-hmm. or, and I could have it wrong that this took, you know, way shorter than I anticipated. Yeah. And maybe some jobs have variables where, where that could happen. Yeah. Uh, but in general, we need to teach them, okay, this is what productivity looks like when you work somewhere. Don't be as concerned about the hours as you are productivity. Mm-hmm. If you are concerned about productivity, you know what will happen? The hours fly by. Right. And it's enjoyable. Right. When yeah. you're looking at the clock waiting for it at the end, right. you're probably not working. Mm-hmm. And maybe you need to change how you think and say, here's the job I have. How can I do it well? How can I do it right? How can I do it as fast as I possibly can with those questions? And not worry about the time that goes into it. And mm-hmm. really, if you do that, you're probably going to be re- rather productive. Absolutely. So so that's something a young person needs to learn. So how would you teach your kids that? Yeah. You know, I think it, it's it's almost like walking alongside of them while you do it. You know, depending on their age. It, it all is age dependent and the, and the different task or thing that you give them. You know, some things I could even tell my oldest son who's eight, you know, hey, go do this. You know, and as I say that, I know that sometimes he won't do it right. And so I let him start it and be like, wait a second, you know, let me help you and let me show you, you know, rather than just let him, you know, I could let him do the whole thing and be like, oh, you did it wrong. Do it again. I could right. leave it there, but that's not teaching anything. Right. You know, and so a lot of it is modeling it and showing it and and explaining it, saying, hey, here's here's how to do it, you know, um, yeah. and then and then it takes a couple of times. Yep. You know, when I was a kid, I remember and I think we've talked about this, but my dad would my dad was a good teacher just excellently. I mean, he was just a yeah. natural teacher. And um now I, I when I say this, I go back and I think, Well, is this one of my friends or was this I'm getting older, I can't remember all the details all the time. They blend together. I, they do, and so forgive me if I'm blending something I should Or embellishing. Yep. Either way, this is a good idea. <laughs> um Yeah. When when I was a kid, my dad you know, I would cut the grass. And in Chicago, there wasn't much grass. These are postage stamp kind of things. But, yeah. You know. But my dad would want it done well. My dad always wanted us to do whatever we did well. well. Now, I, again, that's defined according to age, I'm sure, and whatever. But at one point, he said, you know, I, I want you to give me a $5 job. Now, back then, that was huge money. Yeah. And a $5 job, what do you mean? He says, well, you go out and cut the grass, and if it's done right, Mm-hmm. I'll give you according to how you did it. Yeah. Well, I, I remember I came in and got a dollar. Yeah. I said, Dad, I, nope. And he wouldn't tell me how to fix it. Mm. So I had to go back out, figure it out. So I'm looking at it thinking, well, maybe I have to do this. Yeah. 
you know, I didn't sweep the sidewalk. I didn't in, in Chicago. You edge it. You oh, yeah. sweep the side. Sweep the sidewalk. Edge it. Bag the. Didn't do a lot of things. I just cut it and came in. That's you right. Know? And and instead, I thought it was brilliant how he taught me that because yeah. instead of just saying, "Here's what you have to do next," he made you think. He said, "I will I give you it. five bucks if you do this right." Yeah. And I'm not going to give it to you till it's right. Right. Well, then I would get two more bucks after I did something. And I'd go back out. I only got three so far. I, there's two more I can get. Yeah. And so I had to figure it out. Yeah. Now, you do that once in life. Yeah. Now you know how to work. Yeah. You know how to put in a job, finish a job, do it right. And yeah, he only had to do that once. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I, I understood the standard. Right. He could have lectured me until he was blue in the face, and I would have never got it. Mm. You know, or he could have come out and said, "Now pick that up, do this sweep." And he did when I was younger. Right, right. So it wasn't like he started that way. It's just when I was younger, I'm sure he was th- sitting there one day trying to figure out how do I get him to do this without me telling him every step. Yeah. And I know there's got to be parents who feel the same way. How do I get my child to do this without telling them every step along the way mm-hmm. where they do it and they do it right and they do it in the order it should be? Well, you know what? I, I'm not sure you should do the $5 thing, but you could get creative. Oh, yeah. Try and figure it out. Right. Well, even the $5 thing is pretty creative. It is creative. And, um, and of course, I, I invite any of you to try it. Let us know how it works. And yeah. It's one of those things where... Um, and five dollars is probably still enough, you know, for kids. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Yeah. Who knows what equivalent? And I, mean, I was born in '56, so this had to be in the '60s. I was getting five bucks, which is huge. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things that lifestyle and that parents ought to be looking at children, saying, "Here's here's something I can teach." Mm-hmm. And really, if you're listening, you could be, feel convicted yourself because you might be saying, "Man, I work and I, I do just." try and watch the clock and put in my time and get out of there right or the other question is is do you work the same when nobody's watching you versus say when your boss is watching you oh yeah and if it's different why yeah that's i mean you know so if 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 your workflow changes based on who's around why right you know that's i mean and that's that's a more mature question i mean you wouldn't apply that to a child but, you know, for you and I, Dave, and in our current context, do, right. I, do I work differently if certain people are around versus if nobody's around? Right. And I would say that you need to do the same job regardless of who's watching. Absolutely. You know, and that's the effort that God wants us to. And, you know, I always tell the college kids here at Nicolay Bible Institute, you're never alone anyway. Somebody's always watching you. Right. And they look at me funny almost every time, but it's like, no, really, you're never alone. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and you can go to Hebrews 12 and you see this cloud of witnesses of watching. You, you can see in the book of Job that there were people observing what Job was doing. I don't know who's watching, who isn't. I do know that God is everywhere, knows what we're doing. Yeah. So I'll start there and say he's at least watching yeah. you. And in the process, who knows if we aren't instruments on display for God to demonstrate who he is to the world, mm-hmm. to the universe. Um, we don't know that. So when you work, um, I really think that as a believer, you should be the most productive worker, the most respectful worker, and the one that, it, you know, the boss kind of says, I don't, I don't want you to leave because of your attitude. Young people, I've told them this uh, also, when they look at a job, um, some of the ones that are leaving Nicolay Bible Institute, they say, well, I'm going to apply here and that. I said, you know what you should do? They look at me like, go get your um, EMT. Mm-hmm. Why? It, it, 
No. You know what happens? You get an EMT. Now, all of a sudden, there's an emergency in that place you're going to. You know how to deal with it. Yeah. Do you know what happens to your resume when you get that EMT? Mm-hmm. It goes to the top of the pile. Yeah. Is that what you want? What, Dave, that doesn't have anything to do with working in a factory. Mm-hmm. You're right. But you do know that there are people in the factory that if I'm owning the factory and I see that qualification on your paper and I think I could put you in the middle of a bunch of people, I'm hiring you. Yeah. I said, when people apply here at Silver Birch Ranch, like for a summer position, in not necessarily a program because you pick those out for certain characteristics, but when I used to do that, I used to look at, okay, are you somebody who's a certified lifeguard? Mm-hmm. Are you somebody who has a CDL license? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, that's changed. It's not how that is anymore. But are you somebody that... Um, is trained in first aid or EMT or something like that. Yeah. If so, if you have that versatility, you're going to the top of the pile. Yeah. Because those things, we need lifeguards. We need people. Do you, are you trained in how to take care of horses and do that? Those are versatilities. Right. And believe it or not, it may not have anything to do with your specific job. Right. A lot of times it's even the attitude behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we know a person who is willing to, even if it's not their gifting to jump in and do anything, those rise to the top of the list too. Right. You know, because having somebody that is willing to see the big picture and say, you know what, I may not know how to do that fully, but I'm willing to give it a try because it needs to be done. Right. That that says a lot. Right. You know, it's an attitude thing. Yeah, and the same kids, I remember once one of the Nikolai Bible Institute students saying, you know, what else would you do? I said, well, if, if I'm working in a place, a uh, toilet gets plugged, I'd plunge it, I'd clean up the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But Dave, there's a janitor crew for that. Right. I know. I would still do it. Right. Why would you do that? That's gross. Yeah, but let me ask you this. While you're here at Silverbird Trance, if a toilet stuffs up, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Well, plunge it and clean it, right? Yep. Why? Because we're working with people, and you just made a statement to the people. Mm-hmm. You were in that bathroom, and you saw it plugged up. Somebody's going to come behind you. You don't know who it is, but you can show them love by making sure that place is clean and ready to go for them. Absolutely. Um, and then I, I'll tell them the same thing about they have a shared kitchen they use. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what? You can show the people that you go to school with love by making sure that kitchen's clean when you leave it. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't know who's coming in. Right. Why would you leave it a mess? Why would you leave your stuff there for them to clean it up? Mm-hmm. You need to understand. And, and, and that's, I think, part of the idea of learning to do things right and, and putting in the time you should, learning the skills you should, having the capacity you should to where when, a, when somebody who's trying to hire someone looks at you, they say, I really want you around. Mm-hmm. And I want people like you around. Yeah. Now, when you speak of Christ, as you get the opportunity, you have a platform, mm-hmm. you know, to do that, because you're the one they depend on, right. you know, for all this stuff. So, hopefully, that makes sense. And um, again, I think if you work on that with your children, you have three boys, you work on on teaching them what it looks like to finish a job, and then maybe. If you do the $5 thing we talked about, yeah. then maybe you go back and you say, okay, now I want you to do a $5 job in an hour. Right. Yeah. 
now you're teaching them time frame. Mm-hmm. And now whether that's actually doable in an hour or not, I don't know. Or you just pick another pick, time. Pick a time that you think is appropriate for the task. But yeah. it would be fun. It would all of a sudden you've taken a task at your home and you've turned it into a game for your kid. Yeah. And now the rest of their life when when somebody asked them to do a project. Right. You as a dad or a mom could say don't forget to give them a $5 job. They know what you just said. Yeah. Now they're looking at it differently than they did before. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, just healthy habits. You yep. get somebody into it. Is that teaching them how to swing a hammer yet? No, that's not that important. Anyone can learn that and either you know pay attention or you don't. But um, I, I think if you, last program we talked about defining success this time, what is it to look like to actually produce and have a work day or work an hour? I think you do that. Uh, the third thing I, w- I would teach is we want people to be lifelong learners. Hmm. When you think you'll, you've arrived somewhere because you, you know everything now, yeah, it, you're somebody I really don't want around. That's a dangerous spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because lifelong learners are always asking questions. Right. Um, and you can promote this with your children. You can promote having lifelong learners. Uh, for example, your three boys, if, if I'm at home with them, and, of course, this didn't work with me in, at school, but I'd come home, my dad said, what you learn today? Nothing. Uh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now I know i got a problem. I, he knows he's got a problem. There, there's an issue here. This boy <laughs> goes to school and learns nothing. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, do you know why you go to school? Yeah, to learn something. You know, what? What? I don't know. Ask my teacher. No, I, <laughs> okay, those are typical boy answers. That's right. That's right. However, what, what we want to do is instill in our children this idea of, of learning in a lifelong manner. Now, there are some things that, that you love to do. You love cooking. Yep. So um, are you still learning as you cook? Are you learning? To do, I oh, know yeah. recently you threw around some sourdough bread that was just absolutely delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's somewhat new in your I repertoire. Mean, here's something I'm going to throw out. You know, the older I get, I feel like the more I can learn. Right. Like, obviously, I know more, but I almost feel like the older I get, the more I feel like there's more to learn. Yeah. I don't know if that's true even at your age, Dave. It but is. I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter how much I know, there's that much more to learn. Absolutely. In fact, I, I joked with this before with older guys. I've said, you know, the more I've learned, the dumber I feel. Hmm. It, yeah. It, because, boy, you, you learn something. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like this, an aha This moment. field is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And here I am totally, my, my nose is up against the elephant, so I just think it's all gray and dark and smelly. Right. And yet there's an elephant there, and it's big, and I, my goodness. Um, so, so I think what's interesting is how do you teach young people then, you know, to be lifelong learners? Right? I mean, First and foremost, everything we've talked about, you model it. Yeah, one thousand percent. But yeah, there there are other ways. You got you got to try and be intentional on that, mm-hmm. because if they think I've learned this, I now am satisfied. I, what happens is they go into a regressive thought process. Yeah, and their their mind actually gets softer, not better, mm-hmm. at that point. So I don't know. You have anything you work on your kids just trying to get them to be learners? Um. I mean, it's always a constant trying to figure out how to 
get them to be learners <laughs> yeah. a lot of different they're just at that phase where it's like all right what's the best way what's the best way to get it to stick yeah. you know and so I, I i would say that we're at the trial and error phase because it's different for each boy i mean i right. have three boys and each of them learn in a different way and so it's part of it's trying to figure out what's the best way for them to get it to stick right because of that that's a really wise thing to say because each as a as an educator each person has a different style that they learn with and you you can figure that out in time oh yeah some of them are are just intellectual as far as they they intellectualize everything you know they're, they're going to put in their brain they're going to sort it out they're going to figure it out and spit it back to you right uh, others are they got to touch it they, they got to feel it. they got to make the mistake yep. tactically yep uh, the people anywhere on the scale in between that absolutely you know so you got to figure out how they learn the, the other thing is is really surround the kids with interesting people right because what happens is that creates a lot of questions and mm-hmm. you know um there are some young guys i was working with a while ago and we were talking about um trout fishing and that kind of thing and now these guys are great trout fishermen and i am not i i just learned one weekend before them yeah and taught them what i knew and but one of the things i instilled in them there was this this habit i wanted to do instill in them mm-hmm. when you hunt or you fish or you do something that's really cool here in the Northwoods. A lot of times you don't want to share that information with other people because that's your spot. Right. It's almost like a territory. Like, I yeah. this, I figured it out. I'm not going to let anybody else know it's my sweet right. spot. I, and I, I go berry picking. I know that. That's my spot. What I said to him was, you know what? Here's what you got to learn. And this is what I learned. And my wife will say, you're still learning it. I am. but Especially when it comes it, to blackberries. It, that's right. I, <laughs> you need to tell people where these things are so they can experience the joy. Yeah. And I'm really proud of them because they did. They, they they began to understood how important it is. Uh, for example, one of them came to me and said, you know, we found these wild cranberries. Okay. Where? Is my Every time they tell me something, I go, where? Yeah. Because that's my tool. That's yeah. my tool of teaching. Yep. Most of the time, I'm not going to go. No, I, yeah. I'm just trying to get them to realize they share information. Right. And if you don't share information, how's somebody supposed to learn? Right, totally. It's just like them saying, "Hey, I just bought, got this thirty-two inch brown trout." Right, that's right. And you know? and they won't and in, tell you in where. In Wisconsin, it's like code. It's like I'm not telling you. Yeah, and not only won't they tell you, they won't tell you the bait. Right, they won't tell you what they used or anything. It's like. And so- I'm thinking, you you know what? That isn't promoting learning to yeah. anybody. Right. That's I learned something. I'm keeping it to myself. Right. There's plenty of fish out there. Hey, anyway, when he told me about the cranberries, I said, "Would you take me there?" Mm-hmm. I've never been on a cranberry bog. I've never picked wild cranberries. I have no idea. Yeah. Sure. And then I realized, okay, there's there's a bunch of people he told about it, showed it. I took people out there. I took my wife out there. It's like this is one of the greatest things to be able to take somebody, walk on a cranberry bog, get wild cranberries. That's how you promote lifelong learners because you begin to find people that are excited about their learning something different in life, and you've given them something different. Right. And they've learned, and now now I can learn about cranberry bogs for years. Right, and and those are the memories. It's those experiential, relational things that stick. They stick longer than sitting down and watching a screen with somebody. Be a lifelong learner. And train so, your kids to be. Train your kids to be, and I guarantee you won't regret it. And right. that's the thing. And these are all things that you that you won't ever regret. The intentionality things, the things that maybe might take a little bit more effort. I guarantee you'll never regret. You'll right. be thankful for. 
Um, and that's that's what we've been talking about in this show. And even the previous show, we talked about success and the intentionality that it takes to be successful. But for now, this is all the time that we have on Younger and Older. I encourage you to continue to dialogue, continue to, if you need to, re-listen to this episode and, and find one point that you can challenge yourself on to say, hey, you know, here's one thing that I can work on. But from Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.